Chapter 3 of Asgard Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Julie Yu. Asgard Stories by Mary H. Forster and Mabel H. Cummings. Tear and the Wolf. Odin, the All Father, sat one day on his high air throne and looking around him far and wide saw three fierce monsters they were the children of the mischievous fire god loki and odin began to feel anxious for they had grown so fast and were getting so strong that he feared they might do harm to the sacred city of asgard the wise father knew Loki had given strength to these dreadful creatures, and he saw that all this danger had come upon the Asia from Loki's wickedness. One of these monsters was a huge serpent that Odin sent down into the ocean, where he grew so fast that his body was coiled around the whole world, and his tail grew into his own mouth. He was called the Migat serpent. The second monster was sent to Niflheim, the home of darkness, and shut up there. The third, a fierce wolf named Fenrir, was brought to Asgard, where Odin hoped he might be tamed by living among the Asia, and seeing their good deeds and hearing their kind words. But he grew more and more fierce until only one of all the gods dared to fit him. This was the brave god Tyr. He was a war god, like Thor, and it is sometimes called the sword god. Tyr was loved by all because he was so true and faithful. Each day, the dreadful wolf grew larger and stronger, till all at once, before the Asher thought about it, he had become a very dangerous beast. Father Odin always looked troubled when he saw Fenrir, the wolf, come to get his evening meal of meat from Tyr's hand. And at last, one night, after the wolf had gone growling away to his lair, Odin called a meeting of the Asher. He told them of his fears, saying they must find some plan for guarding themselves and their home against this monster. They could not slay him, for no one must ever be killed, and no blood must be shed within the walls of the sacred city. Thor was the first to speak. Do not fear, Father Odin, for by tomorrow night we shall have Fenrir so safely bound that he cannot do us any harm. I will make a mighty chain with the help of my hammer, Mirna, and with it we will bind him fast. When the Asher heard these words of Thor, they were glad, and all went home rejoicing, all save the All-Father, who was still troubled, for he well knew the danger, and feared that even the mighty Thor would find this task too much for him. But Thor seized his hammer and strode off to his forge. There he worked the whole night long, and all through Asgard were heard the blows of Mirna and the roaring of the bellows. 
The next night, when the Asia were gathered together, Thor brought forth his new-made chain to test it. In came Fenrir, the wolf, and everyone was surprised to see how willingly he let himself be bound with the chain. When Thor had riveted the last links together, the gods smiled and began to praise him for his wonderful work. But all at once, the wolf gave one bound forward, broke the great chain and walked off to his lair as if nothing had happened. Thor was much disappointed. Still, he did not lose courage. He said to the Asher that he would make another chain, yet stronger. Again, he set to work, and for three nights and three days, the great Thor worked at his forge without resting. While he worked, his friends did not forget him. They came and looked on while he was busy. And as they watched the mighty hammer falling with quick blows upon the metal, they talked to Thor or sang noble songs to cheer him. Sometimes they brought him food and drink. One visitor, who was no friend, fierce Fenrir the wolf, sometimes put his nose in at the door for a moment and watched Thor at work. Then, as he went away, Thor heard a strange sound like a wicked laugh. At last, the chain was finished, and Thor dragged it to the palace of meeting. It was so heavy that even the mighty Thor could hardly lift it or drag it as far as Odin's palace of Glasheim. This time, Fenrir was not so willing to be bound, but the gods coaxed him and talked of his great strength and told him they were sure he would easily break this chain also. After a while, he agreed to let them put it around his neck. This time, Thor was sure the chain would hold firm, for never before had such a strong one been made. But soon, with a great shake and a fierce bound, the wolf broke away and went off to his lair, snaring and showing his wicked teeth, while the broken chain lay on the ground. Sadly, the Asher came together that night in Odin's palace, and this time, Thor was not the first to speak. He sat apart and was silent. First spoke Fry, the god of summer and king of the fairies. Hearken to me, O lords of Asgard, he said. I have not won a brave name in battle, like the noble Tyr. Neither have I done such mighty deeds as the great Thor and others of our heroes. Instead of fighting giants and monsters, I have spent most of my life in the woods, among the flowers, listening for hours to the birds. Many things have I watched, some perhaps that my brothers thought too small to be worthy of notice. I have learned many lessons, and the greatest of them all is to know how much power there is in little things and to see how often the work, done quietly and hidden from the eyes of men, is the finest and the most wonderful. Since we cannot make a chain strong enough to bind Fenrir, let us go to the little dwarves who work in silence and in darkness, and ask them to make us a chain.
The old father's troubled face grew brighter as he heard Fry speak. And he bade him send a messenger quickly to the dwarves to order a chain made as soon as possible. So Fry went out, leaving the Asher in their trouble, and came to his own lovely home, Elfheim. There, everything was bright and peaceful, and the little elves were busy and happy. Fry found a trusty messenger and sent him with all speed to the dwarves underground to order the new chain and to return as soon as he could bring it. The faithful servant found the funny little dwarf workmen all busy in the dark rock chambers far down inside the earth, while at one side, in a lighter place, sat their king. The messenger bowed before him and told him his errand. The dwarves were a wicked race, but they were afraid of Odin, for they had not forgotten the talk he once had with them when he sent them down to work in darkness underground. And since that time, they never had dared disobey him. The dwarf king said it would take two days and two nights to make the chain, but it would be so strong that no one could break it. While the busy dwarfs were at work, the messenger looked about at the many wonderful things. The great central fire, which burns always in the middle of the earth, watched and fed with coal by the dwarves. Above this, the beds of coal and bright precious diamonds, which the dwarves took from the ashes of the fire. In another place, he watched them putting gold and silver, tin and copper, into the cracks in the rocks, and he drank of the pure underground water, which gives the Mika people fresh springs. After two days, this messenger returned to the dwarf king. The king, holding out in his hand a fine small chain, said to the messenger, this may seem to you to be small and weak, but it is a most wonderful piece of work, for we have used it in all the strongest stuff we could find. It is made of six kinds of things. The noise made by the footfall of cats, the roots of stones, the beards of women, the voice of fishes, the spittle of birds, the sinews of bears. This chain can never be broken, and if you can once put it on Fenrir, he will never be able to throw it off. Odin's messenger was glad to hear this, so he thanked the dwarf king, and promising him a large reward, he went on his way back to Asgard, where the Aesir were longing for his return, and were all rejoice to see him with the magic chain. Now Father Odin feared that Fenrir would not let them bind him a third time. So he proposed they should all take a holiday and go out to a beautiful lake to the north of Asgard, where they would have games and trials of strength. The other gods were pleased with this plan, and all set out in Fry's wonderful ship which was large enough to hold all the airship with the horses and yet could be folded up small enough to go in one's pocket. 
They landed on a lovely island in the lake, and after the races and games were over, Fry brought out a little chain and asked them all to try to break it. Thor and Tyr tried in vain. Then Thor said, I do not believe anyone but Fenrir can break it. Now, the wolf did not want to be bound again, but he was very proud of his strength, and, for fear of being called a coward, said at last he would let them do it if he might hold the right hand of one of the Aesir in his mouth while they bound him, as a sign that the gods did not mean to play any tricks. When the gods heard this, they looked at each other, and all but one of them drew back, only the brave, good tears stepping forward, quietly put his hand into Fenrir's mouth. The other gods then put the chain around the beast and fastened it to a great rock. The fierce creature gave a leap to free himself, but the more he struggled, the tighter grew the chain. The Asher gathered about him in joy to see this, but their hearts were filled with sorrow when they saw that the noble Tyr had lost his right hand. The dreadful wolf had shut his teeth together in his rage when he found he could not get free. Thus, the brave Tyr dared to risk danger for the sake of saving others and gave up even his right hand to gain peace and happiness for Asgard. End of chapter 3